I'm Alexandra Kreis and you're listening to Outer Travel in a Journey. In my own search for self-understanding, I have met people from all walks of life. I bring to you a taste of these encounters. Hello and welcome back to Outer Journey. Eh. How to travel in a journey. <laughs> journey and traveling are so seem to be so alike and then they are so different, right? Um, today I'm sitting down with Sonia Radviller, currently based Hello. in. Hey, Sonia. <laughs> you are currently in Portugal, right? Yes. 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 And you're living, as I found out, in a very kind of auspicious place outside of Lisbon. We don't need to say where if you don't want to. <laughs> it's a Sintra area and very yeah, magical, special place. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it's super nice. And I know Sonia from being a student of Bharatanatyam. That's how I got to know her. And then I found out she's also a yoga practitioner. And lately she has become an author of a children's book, I would say. Um, Young Yogi and the Mind Monsters. Yes. So, and this is why I kind of brought you on this show. I because I know you're originally you're from the states, right? Yeah. And at some point in your life, you left that country. Do you want to quickly say something? <laughs> oh, that's a whole another conversation. But another conversation. I I left um, I left the states in uh, 2008. I haven't lived there for 12 years and um, I have a very, uh, I feel quite heartbroken about a lot of what's happening in America. Yeah. It's hard for me at a distance to, to observe a lot of what's happening and you know, mm. it is my home and where I grew up and I have a lot of friends and family there still. And mm. I'm also, I mean, I'm grateful I'm not living there, <laughs> but, yeah, but I feel heartbroken. Kind of. And it's so hard. I know I've lived away from home. I'm back in my home country and I lived away from home for about 14 years. And in some ways, I think there is a point when we stop running away, you know, when we're stopping that traveling and you've done extensive, you just told me you did eight years without a home even, yeah. right? Yeah. That there is a, a need arising to see where our roots come from. Do you feel the same? Yeah, well, I'm just re-exploring what having roots is all about. <laughs> because yeah. I've, been, I've been like an untethered leaf in the wind for so long. And, and I wanted it that way for a long time, but um, I don't anymore. Yeah. Is, um, and work can be grounding, I find, you know, if we have rhythms and stuff. But what did you, did you miss in particular um, in that untethered way, even though there is a rhythm maybe to your life, like teaching, practicing, feeding yourself, you know, connecting with people? That would be some form of a frame to me. But what was it you missed most? 
<laughs> most i don't know it could be it was really um after all of that it was like actually the simplicity of having my own kitchen and my own wow. spice rack and my own dishes and everything i need to cook and my own bed and mm. so you know having my things not in a suitcase and in boxes and you know mm. having some kind of comfort that wasn't somebody else's you know i but I, it made me very adaptable, and I, I don't regret any of it. I loved a lot of it, and I, I am very adaptable, but I miss, like, these very simple things. Yeah, and it's funny because we're both, we are both coming from this yoga path, you know, and on this yoga path, a lot of the message that I kind of got was, you know, just become free of attachments and desires. And this is actually what your book is about, that children's book, you know, like, how can we be free of desires? and um, so many scholars kind of even broke into free from that just to find they were even still attached to something like a pot or so, you know, so you're finding <laughs> yourself in this game of like, how can I evolve, you know, and at the same time, I want attachment. What is that like for you? <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, I'm still, I'm, I, although I've been a, a yoga practitioner for a long time, I'm still a human being i'm completely attached i'm i'm uh like just dipped my toe in all these years of practice whatever that means this dip my toe in the understanding of all these teachings and i'm by no means and <laughs> very far with really yeah. uh, living that way and, and i don't know if you can be a human being without being attached i mean we're attached to our breath we're um the fear of death is innate you yeah. Know? So <laughs> that's, that's what it's like to be in a body. Mm. I haven't planned on this conversation entirely, but I, what I, what it really kind of throws up so many questions right now for me. Is it possible in a yoga practice, in a Hatha yoga practice ever to arrive in this humanness? You know, I'm just thinking how I had to turn away myself from this physical practice um, in order to, you know, understand and perceive my entire life to be a practice, so to speak. Oh. Well, I think that's, I think that's um, one pathway of, of that happening. And certainly I relate to that um, because, mm -hmm. and I think it's important, especially people who choose, say, a, an asana practice as a sadhana, for yes. example, that you can easily hold on to that and grasp onto it and identify with it as much as if you were a CEO in a company or, um, yeah. you know, running your own business or being a professional athlete, there, there are these hooks in, in, in life and a spiritual path is full of those hooks and maybe even more so because it's a spiritual path. Yeah, that the, that the um, labeling of calling it a spiritual path becomes the total hook instead of just... You know, I often thought about what my first teacher said, like even a good mechanic can be spiritual just in the way he does it, you know, just in the way of understanding a car as a living being as such and learning from it and being in this exchange of life and what's around us instead of trying to more and more isolate yourself in these practices and, um, yeah, devotional um ways of being while when you have to go out and go shopping you suddenly you know alongside everybody else wearing yeah. a mask apparently <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> yeah. But yeah. it's easy it's easy to take on anything as an attachment and take on to anything and and identify with it and and get fooled by it and um mm. my own experience with an asana practice has been just that also i identified very heavily for a long time about what i could or couldn't do with you know with, with these physical postures it's so crazy it's ridiculous <laughs> yes yeah it's but like I an addiction really, in itself yeah yeah and i was yeah. really into it really in it and really in it yeah yeah and then we can get addicted to oh this is my way of doing it now you know i see that a lot in people and the way we have to listen to all these new names of yoga styles you know because everybody has a need to say like i found the golden grail in like so this is why i call it alexandra kreis yoga or whatever you know <laughs> instead of allowing life just to live through us and having used that tool in a way of showing us more where we have our blind spots of where we're yeah. seeing where we're not fluid any longer, you know, and where we have to be real about our confined, confinedness in our own bodies, you know. Right. Mm. I think you said a, a something exactly right in that, that it's a tool. And we, you know, I think the, the mistake, the common mistake is that it's the thing in and of itself mm. and it's the tool. It's the, it's the, shovel that gets you there but we you know many people are mistaking the shovel for the holy grail or for it and it's yeah. not yeah. and i think it's really important to keep being reminded of that and how in in whatever way it comes um i certainly wasn't getting that message for a long time and probably someone was saying it but i wasn't getting it. <laughs> <laughs> well we have to make all our mistakes so we can grow and until we you know until the mistakes become so big that we are actually being put in our place uh, we both found out that we both have injuries and i think like my injuries were more or less telling me you know this is not the place for you any longer or at least not to think about it that way so <laughs> Yeah. One thing I, I think I'm really understanding more is the body wisdom. Mm. Uh, body wisdom is so much greater than my little mind and all the yeah. things that I think. I had a great example recently. Um, I started um, uh, studying Bharatanatyam again with my teacher after a very long time, many, I mean, decade. Mm. <laughs> and um, we were going over in the first class so many things that I haven't done in so long. And my but it was like, I didn't skip a beat. And, but my body, it was my body doing it. I was not involved. The minute my head would get involved, <laughs> yeah. it would fall apart. But there's this, mm. there's this memory, the body is so intelligent. Mm. Mm. And um, I'm seeing that more and more and trying to listen more and more. What, yeah. what is my body actually telling me? And it, it's really, most of the time, not what I think it is. You yeah, know? and so many of us, we don't know how to listen to that body. I mean, we're kind of, using um, a discipline to wield ourselves you know to kind of feel the form but i think beyond that we have to listen even deeper into um, what our body can tell us and what we have to connect with through our body and the simplest things like when you get a uh, when you get up and your desire of mind tells you you want a coffee and you know your body wants something completely different it wants a glass of water maybe to to just be aided in doing your morning routine you know your bowel movements <laughs> if i can mention this in, in a podcast <laughs> um sonia i'm so grateful that you wrote that book 
A because uh, it really brought you back onto my radar and Aww. even talking to you now is just so lovely I feel you know like this whole vibe of you I like being in your presence and be that I am a visual person you know and I read the text I read Patanjali's yoga sutras which you turned into a children's book and um where I was like, with every little bit you did around that book, you know, you really caught my attention, even if it was just for the drawings uh, and, and the collaboration with the person who did it and then kind of braving to make this story happen for children. Can you tell me a little bit more or us a little bit more? What was the journey to... Oh, gosh. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll first say it's it, it's a it's like it's a it's a children's book in disguise. I really wrote it for people like you and me and people yeah. who are who are curious and trying to understand the yoga sutras and um, mm. entire you know there's plenty of commentaries and texts to explain it and that's not what I wanted to do. I wanted to have something whimsical and fun because I, I understand things I can study and cram, but I, I really enjoy learning when things are fun and entertaining and something will stick. Uh, and one of the biggest inspirations for this book was, I don't know if you know, the Tao of Pooh um, by no. Benjamin Hoff. It's a great, it's a classic. He explains the philosophy of Taoism through Winnie the Pooh. And um, it's so beautiful. It's a great, it's, it's a, you should read it. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, I will. <laughs> kind of do something like that with Young Yogi was um, explain it through the eyes of a child and so that a child could understand it so that it, it's, it's multi-layered, which is also what I like. I like things that are, you know, a chair that turns into a table and <laughs> the book is like that. The book is for children. It's for adults. It's a study aid and it's a story and it's all mm. these things. And um, it's kind of in its own category. It's a yoga book, it's a children's book, but it crosses all these genres in my opinion. Yeah. Um, and I, I, it's been a long time in the making. I originally started, um, the seed of it was planted when I was studying in Australia with um, my Ashtanga teacher there, Dina Kingsburg. And that was in, 2012 around um mm -hmm. she gave us an assignment when we were studying the sutras to explain the samadhi pada like we're trying to explain it to a child oh. so everyone was kind of just paraphrasing the sutras and and that's all they did and i had the idea to turn it into a story so i i had a rough uh, outline first there was a story and it was called something like yoga makes the the monsters go away or something like that at first. Mm -hmm. And um, that was the initial burst of inspiration. And, er and everyone in my group was really, uh, when I shared it, they were like, that's great. I, it's so good. You should you do more with that. And then mm -hmm. I spent a few years, quite a few years um, working on it. And there are lots mm -hmm. of times where I wasn't, um, working on it at all and then I'd work on it but one of the biggest barriers to writing the book was my own personal this is demon stuff of just not being worthy to put something out not being good enough um mm -hmm. being creatively blocked because of all these fears and um kind of working with some people who would help me uh 
get over some of that. And now I do feel much freer from that, but I had to go through like slog through this unworthy. Ah, so that book became your yoga, so to speak. Yeah. The, in kind of, as in thinking that yoga wants to highlight, um, where we don't see ourselves yeah. as whole. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. And, um, it I would also say that, um, you know, as I started practicing over the years, the philosophy, I think this happens for a lot of people. You start with asana, but then the philosophy really starts taking over, becomes more in the forefront. And I was, you know, looking at different, I've, I've devoured any, any translation of the sutras I can get um, to try to understand and talk to people who could explain things to me. Mm. And then, then when I got over the kind of personal humps, then you know the 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 freedom of creativity the brilliance of creativity when you're open to just let things come to you i mean so many of these characters and the way they <laughs> it was just uh, i still i feel um excited in my heart that these these characters came to visit me and show me what they want to have happen and that was a whole uh, that's the journey of, creati of creativity that I, I feel so grateful for and I want to do more of in my life. Yeah, that reminds me of one of the TED Talks I had listened to by Liz Gilbert, you know, Elizabeth Gilbert, Eat, Pray, Love. And she was saying is like that she learned that, that the characters come through her. It's like a wind passing through instead of making it your own and feeling that you're always in charge you're just becoming a vessel which yeah. is another kind of yogic expression in my eyes you know that we are here to do something and that we are just being asked to be here and do something and so um, when we l allow that to happen on the smaller scale as you said you know like even letting character come to life so maybe someone else will understand the sutras in a way of an inspiring you know to be inspiring then that's already a good yogic <laughs> <laughs> step <laughs> yeah it is like that um i uh david lynch calls it like catching the big fish like all you have to do is be receptive um which is why he meditates all the time yeah um that these things are all there and if you're just receptive yeah. they're just waiting they're just waiting for the the right person you know that's how yeah. musicians talk about songs and yeah uh, even scientists who come up with theories you know these things come from the ether yeah i just wanted to use the chance while we're talking about the book these are your characters the beloved young yogi with his um this little chicken little chicken friend <laughs> yes um i love this one Me i love too. this one the inspiration for this i don't know if you see it um as you look at it but it, it's mm -hmm. our our take on the sergeant pepper album yes absolutely that's what i kind of thought yeah yeah <laughs> it it looks like it's been inspired by lsd as well you know yeah. or whatever <laughs> Yeah, there's psychedelic there's psychedelic uh yeah um influences i guess <laughs> i guess yeah which is good because um these psychedelics they only kind of help us to open the mind in a way that yoga is trying to do it we you know, when we kind of get stuck in a rigid way of thinking and perceiving we are not in in that perception of that the world can be so influx so yeah 
I wanted to show that to the people this um, just to get an um, yeah. idea of what the drawings look like that really caught my attention and then I thought well I gotta help you do this book and you know <laughs> I, I, I helped you to go through the process of finding funding what was that like for you um that was another hurdle i mean out of so many one of the biggest hurdles of also completing this book was getting it having the resources to finish it you know having the resources to pay my illustrator whose great illustrations you saw her name is kaori yeah. um, homura long and she's just amazing but uh, and she was very patient and you know such a great person to work with but so patient um with you know how I had to pay her and when I had to pay her. And then um, mm. anyhow, that all worked out. And then the book was complete and, and I've never published a book and I kind of went through things in a out of order. Now, now I, now I know that um, now that I've been through the whole process, but a lot of times now you can have a book idea and then approach publishers. But I kind of created this whole thing and then had, had it done. But anyway, mm. Um, yeah. I went through trying to get um, straight publishers and that process was um, daunting to write book proposals and send out, you know, send this out to, I don't know how many publishers anymore I approached, but that whole thing also took it like about a year's time. And then, you know, all within that time, just getting rejection after rejection, mm. Mm. <laughs> which was also just, again, um, I was reading um, at that time, I was reading all these famous, amazing writers and, and artists that had been rejected in their lives and um, reading that for inspiration. <laughs> like, yeah. yeah. Okay. They were rejected, so I'm in good company. Yeah. But then I decided to do the crowdfunding. Um, Publishizer is this company that works specifically as a crowdfunding for books. And um, you can find publish publishers were often find books through this avenue but so if that doesn't work out you can also self-publish and yeah. you just raise money for the book and so that's what mm. I did and it was very successful it was a very successful uh, campaign and actually um, that lifted my spirits so much um, how many people helped contribute to get this book out there you know this book is like that's the thing it was carried by uh, so many people uh, to get out there. Yeah. And <laughs> do you get uh, do you get people approaching you in regards to the book next to what I'm doing? Obviously, right now. Um, yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, I've gotten um, I, my friend uh, Manu has a kind of a podcast, and I spoke with him uh, a few months ago, and I get messages from people. Um, I get, uh, for example, my friend's daughter, she drew a picture for me of her version of the Omen Gales and, uh, the Magic Meadow. And she sent me these, uh, drawings. Um, so I hear, I hear back, I get some feedback. Um, yeah. Yeah. Oh, nice. Because I, um, introduced that I give lectures on self-love and how to produce that from a yogic and Ayurvedic mindset. And um, I used one of that um, lecture to introduce your book. You know, um, I think the title of that lecture is, uh, I think we are loved or we are, yeah, no, you are the universe, you know. And I think in that text, we are touching so much upon that fact that we and the moment we isolate ourselves and think in the mini me version or 
in the like I have to learn this and why is this torturing me as young yogi goes through these adventures of like you know oh my god you know I've been haunted by monsters these are my thoughts <laughs> and uh, and then he needs to learn to open up into the magic and mystery of life, right? And even together with his bully friend, Bharat, right? Is it Bharat? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. This is, um, wow, it's really lovely to hear that, that you, you used that and you saw that. Um, and, and for me to hear that also now, because I think that's something I still grapple with, which, which is this um, identifying with I'm, I'm doing something. I'm, I've got to make this happen or it's my practice and my book. And, um, these things aren't, aren't actually to do nothing is to do with me. Um, mm -hmm. and things happen when I get out of the way and to hear you say that again, it's like, of course, <laughs> but young Yogi is very much me in, in disguise. Um, all his, his frustrations, you know, there's times in the book where he thinks he has the answer and then something else comes. Like, that's definitely, I've got mm. that. Like, I think I have the, I, I think I have it. And then there's something else. And, uh, and like, the tighter we grab it, the more it flips through our hands or slides <laughs> through our hands. Yeah. 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 But the book and, and, and the, the big thing from the sutras that I gather from the philosophy and from the writing of the book and, the living of life is this ultimate surrender, mm. right? this surrender. Yes. Yeah. Um, yeah. And when that happens, then there's space for like, like you said, life to move, life moves. Um, but when oh, I, when I think I'm in charge, um, nothing happens. Mm. It's funny when you kind of brought in this character that, uh, is it the surfer who talks Irish? <laughs> No, it's the, um, the, the, the banyan tree. Oh, banyan. Yes, the banyan tree, yeah. Why did you choose that? That's what I wanted to know. <laughs> okay, well, I had... question to the author. No, this is, um, um, this is funny. There are a few times, there are a few places in the book that were hard to write. And the, the part in the forest where Bharat, the bully, and young yogi end up being in detention and their detention process has them, you know, in this banyan forest. Um, and that formed because I was, not only was I trying to, you know, figure out what these sutras mean and then tell it in a story in a simple way that someone could understand, but also that the order of the sutras were the structure of the story. And I was also trying to tell a story that had, drama and intrigue and yeah. uh, conflict and all the things you need for good storytelling so um at that point in the book there was there were other versions that were just terrible <laughs> so eventually the, the banyan forest came to life and then o'banyan came as the character to kind of i don't know why he came but yeah. he just he came after all this struggle of like not being able to tell that part of the story in a way that was exciting. Mm -hmm. And um, actually Irish, the people I know from Ireland, they usually think that that part's very funny. Um, <laughs> yes. Just because they relate to the, 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 the sayings and the, just the way, the manner of the tree. Mm. Um, yeah. It was interesting to me because um, on a lot of people who get to know spirituality, they associate it either with Japan or with uh, India, you know? So then we start thinking, I mean, I've got asked um, 
is your, you know, like when I was teaching more yoga, is your um, teacher from India? And then when you say he's not, you know, then suddenly he's not the right thing. So in, I found that interesting that you chose like something so wise and old to be Irish. <laughs> uh, there's such a history. I never thought of it that way in that way like oh it's um it just happened and it, it just ha it was one of those things that happened but um the book is a, like it's a strange universe the young yogi world is this weird universe and for me it's like it has a lot of elements of india but it's not india it's you know they're talking trees and there's talking chickens and hmm. um i wanted i specifically also wanted like the characters to not actually be kind of defined by color exactly like he's a white boy or do you know what I mean I wanted there yeah. to be this universality of uh understanding so that the characters weren't kind of in a way defined exactly like that's an Indian guy although there are definitely elements of of that because I I love India I spent so much time there and, mm. and uh the book is is a reflection of I think things that I love you know and a lot of the characters were deliberate um you know like the the imaginations were an amalgamation of of the supremes and I kind of was thinking of the songs in Willy Wonka you know and yeah. I I just thought wow and to have these kind of a million folded heads like the deities in India would be it's great I think that's I was just like I loved creating that. I was so excited. <laughs> and yeah. and Bharat was like uh, meant to be just a very small character. And he, he inserted himself through the story with his whole journey and transition. Mm -hmm. I didn't do that. I didn't plan that. You know, he was just supposed to be like the, the bully on the sidelines. I'm already hoping for more books, Sonia. <laughs> well, this is this is um, this is all of uh, Sadhana Pada, um, all the all the sutras written down with all the different translations. And this is how I start. This is how I started also with Young Yogi was like just synthesizing all the all the information first. Mm -hmm. So that's all in here. Mm -hmm. So I've been doing that and. Um, uh you know the seed i'm planting the seeds <laughs> very good sowing the soil for yes. for sadhanapada oh beautiful yeah. beautiful yeah. um maybe you want to explain that to listeners who are not familiar with the texts you know okay well the um yoga sutras of patanjali is is probably considered the most important uh text for yoga philosophy um and and the age of it is you know it's a a few thousand years old and it was written down after being in an oral tradition and it has its own history of kind of falling in and out of vogue uh in the recent past but in this 20th century 21st century manifestation of yoga most um practitioners uh look to this book for uh an explanation of why they're doing especially why they're doing a postural practice and asana practice Mm -hmm. But Patanjali says very little about that, exactly. <laughs> you know, and what he's really talking about, like I had said this to you, what I'm more interested in also is, is the, the heart of yoga, which is, you know, this, he mentions the Ashtanga yoga, which is the eight limbs, but their asana is one of those branches. 
um, and we're neglecting as practitioners and teachers, I think most of us, the, the other limbs, which are yeah. support of, of what Patanjali sharing, which is, is a, a, a prescription to end suffering, you know, yeah. in a nutshell. I mean, yeah. and also, you know, one thing I wanted to make clear also to people is I'm not a, I'm not a yoga scholar. I'm not, um, uh, I'm not that person. And even my grasp, I would say on the mm. sutras, I, I still don't, I'm not some authority on the sutras at all. I just, I, I am inspired by the sutras. I looked to that text from my heart and um, I, in my own wanting to understand that, this is how Young Yogi came out, is just wanting to share the way I understand mm. it. <laughs> but that's how I understand the world. We need to have people that are not scholarly scholars. We need to have the scholars as well in order for you know, these things to stay alive. But we also need to branch out into the public and the less you take yourself as a scholar, the more you have a way of maybe reaching people who are interested in ending their own suffering. So, yeah, yeah that's what I and think. And who myself. isn't? I mean, who isn't? <laughs> who doesn't want to yeah. at least inquire, why, why am I in pain? And is there something I can do about it? And exactly. there is, you know, and Patanjali mm. has, a, has an answer. And yeah. it's, some of it's so simple, but like simple things aren't aren't always so easy <laughs> yeah we have to uncover all these fancy things that we're wearing you know of thoughts and um, self-descriptions and roles we've taken on and particularly when we become adults we, we we think we need to be a certain way and then that kind of strokes us sideways at some point uh, when we start to suffer you know from being stuck on something that doesn't suit us any longer yeah yeah, and that's, um, I guess, the like, the journey of life is the, you know, why it's a journey is that things must evolve and must change, and what was once appropriate may no longer be appropriate, and mm. if we can flow with that, I don't think there's a problem, but from my own experience, when I fight and hold, mm. <laughs> and I'm sure yeah. it's supposed to be a certain way, yeah. but everything's telling me otherwise, mm. um, <laughs> so obvious, of course, this is uh, not not creating harmony <laughs> well we're coming to the end of this show um i just wanted to let you know you know there was already people asking is this available in different language so i hope this book kind of keeps publicizing and eventually kind of reaches a fame where we can have it in different languages that would well, be nice. there's um there's uh, one woman working on a spanish translation and mm -hmm. I just got an email of someone who asked if they can translate it in Russian. Wow. So, so, so those two and maybe yeah. someone in, will want to do it in German and Dutch. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> exactly. Or in Italian, it was asked. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So um, we had kind of thought up a little bit of a raffle. So yeah. for the first uh, 15 people who write in to me and, um, you know, we wanted to offer you a PDF version of the book. So no, we, in the raffle, we're giving away one PDF version of yeah. the book for, amongst the first 20 people that write in to tell us um, what is your favorite yoga sutra? <laughs> and why? And why? And why? 
yes, we're not making it easy. <laughs> I'm going to leave an email address below the show so that you know where you can send it to. Um, we hope we get some answers by the end of May. <laughs> so <laughs> it's not open. So May 2020, if you might listening past this day <laughs> to this show. Yeah. And so that you can get a taste of the book or where can they buy the book, Sonia? The book um, is available on my website, which is youngyogiworld.com. Mm -hmm. It's also on Amazon and Barnes and Noble. And I think it's on, people have told me it's on some other online booksellers so i'm sure if you google it will come up yeah there. i'm gonna put the link to your website um okay. on the bottom of this podcast show description so that everybody can find the link and then yeah if you are intrigued already and you might watch this on youtube to follow your scene a little bit the drawings or you can google it i think you can find it at this point yeah. in time yeah. to to see how she illustrated it Thank you very much for taking Thank time, you. Sonia. Thanks for having me. It's really, it's lovely to reconnect with you. Yeah, I <laughs> thought you. so too. Yeah. To everybody, thank you for listening in and Thank I you. see you soon. If you enjoy listening to my podcast, please consider to become a patron at patreon.com slash Alexandra Kreis and pledge your donation.